Hello and welcome to Revolution Cry Radio with Felix and Ish. I'm Felix and I'm so happy you are here. This is our last episode of the season, number 25. Here we have Rico Kami and Kelly Judkins from Tree Leaf Healing Center and a devotional from family minister Dustin Lampy. As with all our episodes, I pray you are lifted and encouraged with all we have shared so far. Awesome guests with amazing stories, great music, and an underlying message of God's grace, peace, hope, joy, and love interwoven through it all. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you. Stay tuned. We'll be back soon. Welcome to Revolution Cry Radio Hour with Felix and Ish. I'm Felix. And I'm Ish. And we're so happy to be here with you on our last episode of the season, number 25. The last episode, 25. That's right. Two plus five is seven. That's right. Seventh heaven. Yes. How, how are you feeling? Oh, I feel great. All right. I feel excited. I've got a couple friends in here, Kelly and Rico Suave. Yo, yo. <laughs> Welcome. Hello. Pleasure hey, to be here. beautiful people. <laughs> I wanted to share a verse, and it comes from Genesis, chapter 50, verse 20, and it says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, mm. the saving of many lives beautiful scripture dear brother and you know life is like that you know a lot of us we can't tell the future we see what's in front of us and there could be a lot of pain and tribulation in the today but guess what god makes a way you'll find that most things we worry about never come true right you agree i think it's one of those things that it's difficult for us to understand that god is outside of time he already knows the ending of the story he knows what's gonna happen we don't right preach brother but uh we are expected i think to rely on him and trust him that the ending is great the best ending that we try to imagine or fathom the assurance that we can have is what christ did on the cross and his resurrection and the truth is he is the author he is the finisher so i think he's grading the greatest movie ever history is our god writing it jesus is king Oh, <laughs> 
Revolution Cry Radio Hour with Felix and Ish. And we are here today with dear friends of mine, the owners of Tree Leaf Healing Center. We have Kelly Judkins and Rico Kelly. Welcome. Glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Well, you guys are an inspiration. I love working for Tree Leaf Healing Center. I am one of the physicians. And I'm going to give them an opportunity to explain what Tree Leaf Healing Center is about. Do you know anything about them, dear brother? I know them personally, but I do not know much about what they do. So I'm very much looking forward to hearing from them. Who, who wants to start? I mean, I'll start. So basically, we're a medical cannabis doctor's office, and we specialize in giving medical cannabis cards to people who have qualified conditions in the state of Florida. Okay. There's lots of qualifying conditions. You have to have a condition in order to come in here and see our doctor who only recommends cannabis. We don't diagnose or treat. We just recommend cannabis for your current diagnosis. Just makes it an easier transition for us for that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Considering the fact that, you know, a lot of people don't have the understanding that it's legal in the state of Florida, but it's federally still illegal. So that's why we have to stay with the confines of recommendation and not prescriptions. Ah, I see. Makes sense. And I, I will imagine that there's a lot of doubt, I guess, or maybe fear for some people Absolutely. about using something that, at least from my perspective, is it, it is a plant that got made. And just like any other thing, as long as it's used in a proper way, I think it's meant to be a good thing for us, right? Absolutely. Well, and there's a reason. Me and Rico came up with the name of our business together, and there's a reason why we came up with the name, because the trees and the leaves are the healing of the nation. It's a Genesis Bible ah. verse, and we truly feel that God gave us this plant to heal ourselves. It's all through the Bible. It's misrepresented. Instead of cannabis, it's called cannibalism. So it's all over the Bible, and if people would just read it and kind of understand cannabis a little bit more they know god gave us this plant to heal us and that's what it does there's a lot of truth in what you say dear sister and you know the plant has been used for thousands of years and it is interesting that within the last 80 years there's been it's been made illegal in many countries it's it's been made to be a taboo so to speak but i grew up a good christian boy you know in 2017 when it was made legal in the state of florida i got the education necessary and you know what with our 700 patients here at tree leaf healing center i am amazed and can testify to the healing that i see on a day-to-day -day basis people with chronic pain people with anxiety and depression patients with panic disorders patients with cancer so i am seeing for myself perhaps the first time many of us doctors are seeing the wonder of this wonder plant jesus is king it's amazing because like you said it was implemented in 2017 it was officially passed in 2016 but there was a number of conditions along the lines that were qualifying conditions to, in order to get medical cannabis but it was almost like having the blinders taken off as far as the education that was actually being pushed. Not that the state was doing a good job as far as educating us, but the information that was available from YouTube, Google, researching it from numerous cultures in a religious stance, medicinal stance, up until now what we see in a modern day being implemented all across the nation, whether it's recreationally, uh, you know, uh, implemented like alcohol or tobacco 
or like in the state of Florida where it's more so medicinally being implemented. It, it's uncanny what it can be used for. Can you guys list the medical conditions in the state of Florida, at least, where medical cannabis is allowed? There are about 12 qualifying conditions that are on the state's condition list, but a number of them that we see mostly are, well, number one, cancer. Um, Typically, we see a lot of patients for epilepsy, Parkinson's, along with PTSD. I would say those are some of the top ones, um, especially considering chronic pain is one of the uh, top five as well. But most people after that would be falling in the categories of like ALS, MS. Uh, we, we also see people for HIV, AIDS, uh, glaucoma, Crohn's disease. More specifically, the, the state of Florida allows us to qualify for a number of other conditions, considering that there is a clause that says we can qualify for conditions or symptoms in the same class or kind. Interesting. And now let me be on the side of the people that maybe are afraid of trying it or even considering it as something that could help for a condition. Right. What about the people that will say that this is addictive or that it's a gateway drug that you're going to make you try other things? What would you answer to those? Well, I can answer that. Most people do say that. They call it the devil's lettuce. Right. You know, whole, it was all propaganda in the 1930s that ended cannabis use, really, and hemp use as we knew it back then. Right. Mm. So I try to educate people and break the stigma. I try to normalize the plant. I talk about the plant. I educate them on the plant. Everywhere I go, I talk about cannabis. I mean, people kind of, kind of get sick of it sometimes. But, but <laughs> You're cha- very passionate, dear sister. Yeah. But I change a lot of people's minds just with a few words. You know, it's a plant. Why is it so bad? Tell me why you think it's bad. Right. You know, and let me tell you why I think it's amazing. And then people usually are on my side. And dear sister, if you can share a little bit about the car accident. Tell us about the car accident that, that made you need this medication. On March 4th, 2004, I was ejected from an F-350 and left in a ditch for dead. I was helivac to Halifax, was in ICU for two weeks, broke every rib, broke my jaw, broke my leg. My arm was hanging off my body. Wow. And I was pretty much dead. And uh, after that, they had me on all kinds of medications and just no quality of life. And I'd already smoked cannabis, but I didn't know it was medicinal at that point. So I stopped all the medicines and it became medicinal for me. I realized, wow, this really does help me. And then I learned other forms of how to use it. Uh-huh. Had someone really educate me on it, a great herbalist. And I'm pharmaceutical free for almost five years now. Wow. And I have diabetes. You know, I have a lot of chronic conditions and I use nothing but natural substances, cannabis, ginger, you know, all plant-based medicine is what I use. And, wow. I'm, and I'm healthier now in my 40s than I have been in my entire life. And I know dear Kelly, she loves God, she loves people, she ain't no druggie. Are you standing in the middle of a storm? Do you wonder if you'll ever reach the shore? Broken to be fixed And this will always be the way it is
Revolution Cry Radio and enjoying an awesome conversation and talking about cannabis and how many people, I think we need to educate ourselves on what it is. Preach, brother. Its use and its purpose. Main thing is not to fear it. But I wanted to hear more about you. You were saying that uh, it looks like you're going to be able to stay too long with us for this, <laughs> for this show, that you have other jobs. So... Aside from being an entrepreneur here, you do other things, right? Well, originally I'm a social worker, 20 years. I've been a social worker and that's how I kind of got into this. And then uh, I met this amazing man, Rico, who's become my business partner in a uh, cannabis event. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, we started a clinic that didn't really work out that great. So we decided to go in business for ourselves, And we, di we did it all before. So we just took everything we learned and brought it to Tree Leaf. We opened April 1st, 2008. 18. 18. 18. Okay. So, yeah, we're going in our third year. We're past our third. Past our third year. We'll be four-year mark. Congratulations. Um, yeah. And Dr. Beloso has been with us for most of those years, so it's been ah, pretty amazing. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I'm honored and privileged to be a part of it as, as I am learning so much. And as a witness of the patients who continue to improve, I am thoroughly inspired. And it's great to be back. I think this is one of our first weeks back away from telehealth. Mm -hmm. How does that feel being in front of patients again, for it, real? It feels good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I missed my patients. Like telehealth is, wasn't doing it for me. I mean, it had its perks. It I mean, did, because you it definitely, <laughs> it definitely allowed me to take advantage in ways that I can spend more time with my family and do other things. But as she was saying, the patient contact and, yes. and the face actual face. Uh, service that you can give them, it, it's, it pales in comparison. And we're all, we're all extroverts, I believe. I, I believe we all love people, like mm -hmm. the three of us that are here in the clinic. And so we definitely enjoy that interaction. And as a social worker, you know, I see how you work with your patients. You, you're there to encourage them. We have patients that come in here in tears. We have patients in here shaking. And we are able to give comfort through words. Kelly, as a social worker, how is your job and your profession as a social worker very helpful in this field? Well, I think it's helpful because I have a lot of compassion and I also have chronic pain. So I know what these people are growing through. These people don't come to me and Rico because they want to see us. They come here because they're at the end of their rope. They've right. tried everything else. Nothing's working. They're sick of the pills. They're sick of being all these doctors. No answers and not healing. Mm. So when they come here, we heal them. We educate them and we heal them. Jesus is king. Yeah, it's been a great transition from starting in the industry, from an advocating stance, um, you know, getting out there, speaking in masses with a bunch of other people with ailments to get the laws passed, then being able to work in the industry initially with another clinic that didn't work out so well. But like she said, we took so many things that we learned there and just sprinkled some of our compassion and passion on top of it and started Relief. You know, you know, Rico's like the rock of this organization where uh, Kelly's the heart. You know, as the rock of this organization, how is that like starting this business? To help our listeners who may want to start a business post-COVID, how did that go? It was a nerve-wracking process initially, <laughs> but it was it was something that was worth the squeeze. I, I say the juice was worth the squeeze, definitely. Um, it's not so much about the payout, but the experience, the testimony we get to give to people from learning things from Kelly's incident. I was in a car accident as well. That's kind of something that propelled me to get my medical cannabis right. recommendation and start working in the industry. And it allowed me to learn so much from other people's experiences and what cannabis can do in everyone's lives. Wow. Interesting. I'm glad you didn't say good luck. 
<laughs> but yes, amazing conversation so far. And I'm glad to hear that knowledge is what helps people understand what cannabis is about. It's not just a drug that was banned or that it wasn't useful at all. And you said knowledge. You know, the Bible says knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. With knowledge and love, all things are possible. Flying my way back home again Longing to see the winds change Drifting back to the shore Trying, I'm trying to dream in the darkness Closing my eyes just to reach you Silent again, so it seems And when in the night of my I know you will work it out And then as the calm of a thousand tears You heal in the pouring rain And I will not die And I cannot falter With the courage of a king Carrying my heart And I shall not
And we're back, Revolution Cry Radio, and enjoying a great conversation here with uh, Rico. Our other guest had to leave, but we wish her good luck, and uh, hopefully she gets uh, a lot of money in her other job, right? And many things she's got to do, huh? Well, that's the thing. You know, these entrepreneurs have to keep it going. So entrepreneurs typically may have to make income elsewhere as they're building up a business. And so, you know, and I love the conversation where that was going. I told Kelly before she left, we need to have her back. Like what she does as a social worker is also something very stimulating and inspiring. I think more and more people need to learn what social workers do to help yes, inspire others. Yes. Right. It's invaluable. Definitely. All the things that she brings to the table. Like um, she likes to call me the brain or the business faction behind the clinic, but she's really, like you said, the heart of it all. She's the social butterfly. She does all the patient outreach, physician oh, wow. outreach. Yes. I mean, she, she really keeps it going you guys make a perfect team I, you know i've enjoyed working with you both throughout this whole process it's been very seamless very cool and and yeah like a lot of the patients know both of you <laughs> so, so <laughs> it's like we're part of a family here yes tree definitely thc tree leaf, tree leaf healing center ah Amen. there you go back to the history of uh, cannabis because i know here for many many years it's been illegal it's been out loud uh, can you share a little bit about the history on that what's interesting is Originally, it was used as a medicine. Um, there were some things that were known about cannabis early on, but in the early 1900s up until the 1930s, you know, information wasn't all that readily available to a lot of folks. So there was a man back then, uh, his name was uh, Harry J. Anslinger, and he had a bone to pick when he got his job uh, with the FBI and DEA. Mm -hmm. I mean, he lost the battle with alcohol prohibition. That was the first thing they tried to do. Yes. So then they started to attack cannabis. And what's interesting is they knew some medicinal uses. Back then they were using it for glaucoma. They were using it for uh, like anesthetic for, um, surgeries as well as um, minor toothaches, uh, uh, menstrual cramps, all kinds of things. You can name it. But up until 1931 or around that time, they were using it under the name cannabis. But when they introduced the name marijuana and they wanted to demonize it, to outlaw it, people didn't know that they were already using something that was a medicine or a plant. And oh, I like wow. to say the, the government duped us, you know. Oh, wow. Definitely. Well, after that, from them trying to sell a federal tax stamps, so you would need to buy a tax stamp from the government to say that you not only needed it, but you have permission to grow and possess. And at that time, they weren't selling any tax stamps. So it was just a stronghold. But I'm sure a lot of you guys can remember growing up, even in school, when they were, you know, talking to us about drugs with the D.A.R.E. program. Um, that was just a revamped version of what they were pushing originally with Reefer Madness as far as if you smoke cannabis, um, you would go insane or you're likely to kill your brother or do all sorts of nonsense. But it was the same thing they were doing with the D.A.R.E. program, comparing marijuana synonymous with cocaine and heroin, which is terribly dangerous. Wow. True, true that. And, you know, as a defense of the government and defense of society, I think knowledge continues to grow. So in other words, we are sometimes a result of what is taught. Yes. And so as a result of that, there's a lot of things we did not know back then. Yeah. Even me as a medical cannabis physician now educated and looking at the history there was a lot of things i didn't know right like i didn't know that in 1921 children would get cannabis tinctures right and as a way to help calm them down or help them focus better at school right so wow. but that's a part of our american history people didn't know that and, and that can't be on the government totally to just educate the masses i understand it should be some responsibility of our own to want to seek knowledge but there, there's so much history behind cannabis from being used from the chinese to middle eastern cultures in the islands uh slaves uh, queen elizabeth chewed on it um originally in england where no one was using or growing it for anything it's come a long way since then as well well what's interesting too is the fact that our human bodies has the cannabinoid system our human bodies is inherently with it equipped with the kind of receptors that's supposed to respond to right. cannabinoid. Can you educate us a little bit more about that, dear brother? Well, I think that's, that's all glory due to God, honestly, because even like I was saying, the history to do with cannabis, it goes back religiously as well from the Jewish faith up into the Christian faith. Um, and people don't know it's actually in the Bible, but 
The term calamus, which is in the Holy Bible, is actually a mistranslation of cannibalism from the ancient Jewish Septuagint text, wow. which actually is identified in Israel with most of the Jewish faith as cannabis. In Israel, they use cannabis. It's, it's not a sin or anything like that there. Well, you know, in the book of Ezekiel, the, the Levite priests were describing smoke, and there were definitely some alterations in their mentation. So, so something similar, of course. And so I, I see a lot of truth in the translation there. As, and the term is cannabism, for those that want to Google, cannabism, K-A-N-E-H space B. O-S-M. Right. I mean, in the holy uh, text where Moses um, was one of the first testaments of him using uh, cannabis, which is being identified now because of that translation or connection with calamus and cannibalism, he would actually mix holy anointed oils and, and douse himself in it, as well as burn incense with the cannabis, like uh, myrrh and cinnamon and, and, a, and a tent entrapment and go inside of it and take big you know, plumes of that smoke in his lungs and then go pray and meditate with God. So most people amazing? don't know originally cannabis was used for the anointed only. Mm. Wow. Wow. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Is cannabis an essential oil? Well, that's why I say all glory be to God because of that. And I knew he wanted us to use it. That's why we have an endocannabinoid system, a natural receptors in our body that will react to this. Uh, most people think that you smoke cannabis and it's just these foreign subjects that are just getting you high, quote unquote, but that's not it at all. It's stimulating a more natural chemistry that in your body, you produce cannabinoids in your body. Some people see it in, as, in the forms of endorphins, things of that such, but what that plan is doing is just tapping on something God put there. Interesting. And I think going back to our uh, more recent history and, and the laws against it, I think one reason that maybe those laws were instituted was fear. Absolutely. And also, along with that fear, it, that concern that people might abuse it, anything that you do too much, if you do too much Absolutely. alcohol, if you do too much tobacco, if you Amen. eat too much, if... Anything that you do in excess is not good for you. Preach, brother. Well, look at my gut. I mean, I think I'm addicted to sugar. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that, it's as simple as that is. He's saying what is the Bible trying to translate, essentially. Um, there's only one God, but you can't make food or drugs or alcohol or money. You're a God. Preach, brother. Amen. Yes. I mean, honestly, Felix, you, you were saying much in, in just the smallest sentences as far as indulging it's not a sin to have wine. It's a sin to be drunk. Right. Correct. Exactly. You hit it on the nail right there. Jesus is king. Made from the lowest parts of the earth. Find worth when although we were made from the dirt, we are unrighteous, unworthy. Your grace we don't deserve. We were cursed upon our birth, but you reserved the plan reverse. Show me the way to your heart, Lord, so I may follow to the end. Your beautiful decrees, singing over me. Lead me to your perfect will, God, that I may find rest and be still. For my eyes to see Your promises for me And it's your unfailing love That captures me when I've fallen And it's your salvation, God That sets me Set me free 
captures me when I've fallen And it's your salvation, God, that sets me my guilt took my shame so in heaven i'm secure i was sick with sin but it came to be the cure forever yours and now we have a super devotional message with family minister dustin lampy hello everyone it's dustin lampy glad to be here with you once again the theme right now is live reconciled tonight i want you to think about the opportunity we have to live reconciled to god to live reconciled to other people and the resistance that we face to those forces of good, those vibes, those good vibes, and how we can overcome them. And I thought, what better place to start than nearly the start of the Bible in the book of Genesis? Um, so today I want to look at 13 of the final 14, uh, the final 15, uh, 50 chapters of the book of Genesis, which tell the story of. God's providence in the midst of a man named Joseph's life. Many people will say, Joseph is my favorite character in the Bible. Well, divine providence was evident in Joseph's life while 10 of his big brothers uh, schemed a plan to betray him and put him in the um, hands of an enemy. So you think about what Joseph's facing tonight, and you think about all that's opposed to living reconciled with his brothers, with his God, with good, and how he came through. Well, Genesis tells about Joseph's long journey of faithfulness in the midst of severe trials that came only because his brothers did not live reconciled with God, and they turned against him so badly. But it tells that he ultimately came, the brothers ultimately come back to Joseph, but only out of desperation. They need food. Joseph has it. Joseph forgives them. And finally, because of his faithfulness to God through it all, they are called up to live like Joseph, reconciled with God. Well, Joseph stands out as a spectacular person because he followed through with his aim in life, his goal in life, which was basically faithfulness to God. The story began with Joseph and his election and calling um, that God had on Joseph, as seen in Genesis 37. Joseph is the 11th son of Jacob, Jacob also known as Israel. Um, and he was the, the final son was to be born to him was Benjamin. So today, with respect to our message on living reconciled, I'm going to highlight Genesis 45, 1 to 15, and Genesis 50, 15 to 21, if you're able to concentrate and open a Bible with me today. But first, let me give you a brief telling of Joseph's story. Chapter 37 of Genesis tells us that because of their envy of Jacob's great love for Joseph, Joseph's brothers betrayed him into enemy's hands and sold him into slavery in Egypt. Kind of like Judas betrayed Jesus into the hands of sinners for a little money. 
Joseph's brothers betrayed him into the hands of Egyptians for a little money. Joseph was 17 years old at the time of his betrayal and left to a life of captivity and slavery in enemy hands. Joseph made the most of his terrible circumstances, and in his faithfulness to God, chapter 39, verse 2 of Genesis tells us, the Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. Joseph earned favor in the land by his good character and his superb wisdom, which all came out of his devotion to God. Joseph made it to a good place, servant of a man named Potiphar. Potiphar was keeper of the prisons and a highly favored one by Pharaoh of Egypt himself. But while serving in Potiphar's house, Joseph is accused of trying to sleep with Potiphar's seductress wife, when in fact Joseph had done everything to avoid it. Upon the accusation of adultery, Joseph is then sentenced to prison, even in prison though he remains faithful to God. He interprets dreams that are passed on to him, not to please men, but with faithfulness to God. His reputation of being a wise man then grows, and Pharaoh eventually hears of him and seeks him out for help with interpreting a disturbing dream of his. Joseph famously interprets Pharaoh's dream, letting, letting him know his dream about seven thick cows and seven thin cows and Seven thick stalks of corn and seven thin stalks of corn was about an appending seven years of prosperity that was coming on the land that would be followed by seven years of drought and famine. The king's dream and Joseph's divine wisdom helped Egypt to prepare for the drought. They, of course, did so by storing up much grain during the years of prosperity while other nations lived indulgently and did not store up the goods. Because of Joseph's wisdom at interpreting the dream, the Pharaoh got Joseph out of jail and promoted him. How far was he promoted? We see in Genesis 41 that at the age of 30, exiled, despised, betrayed, and imprisoned Joseph is promoted to the top of all Egypt. Honored, beloved, accepted, sought after Joseph, no longer in the family, as a black sheep, but in a foreign land as an honored noble. The next chapters, Genesis 42 to 42, tell of the time nine years after the dream interpretation and the promotion of Joseph, we've had the seven years prosperity and it's two years into the famine. People and nations around Egypt were desperate for food and there's a storehouse of food in Egypt. Joseph's brothers were no different than anyone else. They were starving. At the request of their father, Jacob, they went to Egypt to attempt to get grain. As they approached Egypt, neither Jacob nor his brothers knew that Joseph was in charge over the storehouses of grain. They didn't even know he was alive. But when Joseph saw his brothers coming, he recognized him. So he invited him into his courts. His brothers made their way into his courts, saw Joseph, but they did not recognize Joseph. Probably the last place they would have expected Joseph to be Besides the unbelievable fact that he was in such a high position, he was almost 40 at the time. The last time he saw um, him, he was, 20, was 23 years ago when he was 17. So that leads us to the focus of our passage today, Genesis 45, where we see Joseph desiring to reconnect to his family. And today I'm going to elaborate on the encounter with his brothers and how Joseph handled this. Cause I think I got some heat 
First we start recording, then we freestyle over beats. Crazy how it started, never thought I'd get this far. Writing music in the friend's basement without recall. I was about 12, but I ain't think I would settle. We both started spitting to Soldier Boy instrumentals. As I grew older, I matured more in my faith. Wrapping up our life, truth, and the baddest grace. I had so much passion, I made soaked out ENT. With some youths at my church beat at the end, was only me. But I ain't quit then, got a session at some kids' house. Recording my first song, but it ain't go as planned out. Flow was off, so be honest, I ain't like it. So I just started practicing, then that's not me from writing. Met a couple others, I completely get a session. But that would be too much, cause the session's too expensive. Started praying for a way for me to put that out my music, bruh. Wrapped into my friend, they said that God can really use me, uh. I know that he's got my back. Got a studio I can settle with Crash my Honda Civic But thank God I got a settlement Took about a year I think I finally start to settle in But my mason was way off I wasn't settling You got saved at my church And I found out He owns his own studio From when he lived his past route Connecting me with people God sent me an angel Met a dude that makes it Shout out to Angel Ramos Working as a concierge But there's a lot of downtime Writing at the front desk Is where I spend my downtime Recorded at my house and send it yeah. for it to get mixed. Need patience, then put it out when it's finished. Music is my passion, and I think that's why I'm here. Cause it. even when I write, I sometimes shed a couple tears. True. And I know that this is real, I can feel it in my heart. Yeah. Just a creative way for me to go and share my art. But fast forward from all that while I'm driving to a session. Yeah. My friends shared a story, testimony to a message. Excited by the grace that was displayed that night. Next day, I thought back, guess I took my pen to write. Yo. And then I showed him, yo Aaron take a look That same day he recorded when he composed out the hooks Excited by the talents I'm surrounded with God never let me down, I know that I can count on him I'm bound to win I know, I know that he's got my Now, I don't know about you, how you would respond when the people that betrayed you came into your courts and then wanted something for you. As you look at Joseph and the scene I mentioned, his brothers coming to him in need, you can ask yourself about your life. Would I let the world shape me and how I should approach this? Or should I live shaped by God and um, like Joseph? Do I play victim to society's ways? Or do I live reconciled to God, rising above the world? Do I live in such a way that the world doesn't know I am set apart for the plans of God? Or is my walk with God evident and inspiring to others? My brothers and sisters, do you live reconciled with God in such a way that your way of forgiving others calls them up to higher faith? Or are you ready to judge harshly and blend in with negativity? Can you find the good? Well, Joseph is a testimony that choosing reconciliation, that living reconciled with God is best. Joseph was a standout guy because he was reconciled with God in all things. It didn't matter where he was at, in prison or at the top of the kingdom in the world, power or without. Joseph's priority was living reconciled with God. So remember the scriptures that say live reconciled with God. Live reconciled with God. And that means living reconciled with others. In the same vein, 
Living reconciled with others means living reconciled to God. And to do that, you have to let go of grudges as a way of life. I heard a man talking about your forehead and forgive as a way of life. Wear forgiveness on your forehead. So let me read Genesis 45, um, 1 to 15, and basically break that down with you. Joseph could no longer control himself before all those brothers who stood by him. And he cried out, send everyone away from me. Uh, Verse 2, and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it and the households of uh, Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him. They were so dismayed at his presence. Joseph couldn't hold back his affection any longer. You see in verse 2, he cried out loudly, I'm Joseph. His brothers are absolutely startled. Can you imagine their shame, their guilt, their fear? Maybe that's what it's talking about, uh, burning coals on their head. They, the, they're so much startled at this uh, phrase. So he reiterates in verse 4, because he says to his brothers, come closer to me, and they come closer. He said, I'm your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. In verse 5, and now you do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Hey, God used this uh, to preserve your life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. Genesis 45 verse 8, so it was not you who sent me here. But God, he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all this house and ruler of all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son, Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen and you shall be near to me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herd and all that you have. I will provide for you here, says to tell his dad. He tells the brothers to tell his dad. Since then, there are five more years of famine to come so that you and your household may be fine. And now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father, he tells his brothers, how greatly I'm honored in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father here. Then he fell down Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept while Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers, wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. This is an amazing scene of reconciliation. He could have said, watch out, it's payback time, boys. No, he says, don't worry about a thing. You're in good hands. You tried to harm me, but God worked this out. Boys, verse six, he said, this famine has five more years left. God sent me here. God has allowed me to take part in this. Now, I don't know why God didn't take away the drought. We can blame some evil or on some man's self-will or something, but you can't blame lack of rain on man's free will, can you? Well, darkness, evil, suffering, all that is a part of this earthly life. But righteous, peace, and faithfulness, that, see, cannot be explained apart from God. So too, we see clearly that Joseph is that man from God. The brothers have taken up evil and self-will and are experiencing a major humbling experience. Verse 8, he went on to say, You, my brothers, you don't have power to send me here. God sent me here, and God has made me ruler of Egypt. Verse 9, he tells him, Go back to dad. Go tell Jacob. Tell him I'm alive. Bring him here to me. See, Joseph here decides now to trust his brothers. He forgave and trusted. He could have called the guards and said, slay the brothers, go get the messengers and send dad back. But Joseph says to his brothers, go get dad, bring him, bring all your kids and all your flocks here. You're going to be taken care of. This famine is going to last five more years. Believe me, you're going to need to come and live here. Him and Benjamin have that moment and that warm embrace, reconciled. And he and his brothers talk. They're reconciled. See, Joseph had the higher ground ethically, legally speaking. He could have demanded their execution for what they'd done. 
But Joseph was wise. He didn't put law and ethics above God and his command. Do you guys ever struggle with that? Do you be tempted to put law and rules above God or above loving or above living reconciled? Hey, Joseph listened to God still and over and over against his human passion, over and over against the law, against even reason maybe. Joseph listened to the command of God and let his decision and his passions be shaped in that place of God. Can you see the far-reaching application of this, everyone? Joseph would have um, still been called a nice guy had he demanded their execution. He Maybe we would have been praised and feared more. But living reconciled to God goes deeper than anything worldly. He forgave them. He trusted them. He served them. Was Christ in him or what? Yeah, he was Christ God. And so that's what I want to share with you today, all. Living reconciled to God is the biggest blessing you can imagine. It'll shape your life. It'll stop barriers to peace. It'll stop barriers to pain. And it'll open up doors and possibilities. Thank you all for tuning in. God bless. Another powerful message by dear brother Dustin. I'm reminded of the scripture in Romans where it says, Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You know, we all go through life. We go through brokenness. We go through pain and tribulation. We even go through ostracization. People tell us no. But you know, we have a God that embraces us and meets us in our imperfection and in our brokenness. And our imperfection is used as a perfume of worship to the God who is the only one perfect. He uses our imperfection so that his glory is manifested in who we are as his children. Amen, brother. Amen. 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 Thank you. That was a great message. And I see a parallel between Joseph and how his brothers were trying to get rid of him. Mm. And I don't know, there's a little connection there with how we're dealing with cannabis today and how the laws are kind of stacked against it. In the end, as I mentioned at the beginning of this show, it's a plant that God created. Yes, there might be a risk there of abuse, just like with everything else. Absolutely. But there's also great things that can come out of it when used properly within the right context. And I think that's the main point that I am taking from this show, that we can use it for good and it can be a blessing for many. Great assumption of all of that summing that up that that was the connection that i think most people probably would have missed without that just you saying that is so profound very well thank you for joining us it was a great conversation uh many things that i learned so i really appreciate it rico and um i know we're nearing the end of this episode and the end of this season Thank you for everyone listening. And of course, we're going to be continue to be available on podcast. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, and many other sites. And we are on Christian Mix 106, Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, which is our replay show. Thank you, Christian Mix. So, yes, we will be back soon. No date yet, I think, but we will be back soon. We've got many plans. That's right. Exciting. Season, Season two, two is going to be even more exciting. <laughs> uh, it's been fun. Amen to that. So again, thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Hasta luego. See you in the promised land. Peace, love, elevate. When you choose love.